You're listening to the Sister Luna Psychic Services Podcast. This is Madeline Starchild, your host, and this is my co-host, Ogopogo. You almost have a like a phone voice going there. Um, yes, I worked many years behind a front desk answering phones and talking to people in this exact voice. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. And yeah, I am Ogo Ogopogo. Boingo Boingo. <laughs> I am the co-host, John. And we are coming to you live, recorded, so not live. We're coming to you recording from the Okanagan. Yes, we are but a handful of steps away from Okanagan Lake itself at this very moment. Locked into a weird side bedroom to try and avoid (laughs) the noise of the house. As John makes noise, taking off his clothes. (laughs) Well, I'm on vacation. (laughs) We are on vacation. Um, but yeah, we are committed to not losing another week. So here we are recording. And being that we are in the Okanagan, this week is Okanagan themed. Mm-hmm. It's a special episode. I know I said we were going to have two special guests on and we are still going to have them. But this morning when I woke up early before everyone else and went out onto the patio and I was like, had my laptop and I'm looking out at the lake working on stuff, I realized the answer is right in front of me. Like, we have to do Ogopogo, the most famous sea creature in all of Canada. I was about to say, this is our first, like, cryptid episode, but literally the last one was as well. Well, as I recall, you specifically suggested that leading up to Halloween, we do a number of episodes about cryptids. That's true. So this is part two in our 67-part series, (laughs) in our unknown number, yeah, leading up to Halloween, where we talk about spooky stuff. Okay, back to the lake. Some facts about Okanagan Lake, just to get everybody on the same page. You and I may be Ogopogo experts, but our listeners don't necessarily know that Okanagan Lake is the largest of five interconnected freshwater fjord lakes in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. It is. (laughs) Named after the First Nations people who first inhabited the area, it was created when melted glaciers flooded a valley 10,000 years ago. It stretches... 127.1 kilometers or 79 miles and has a maximum depth of 232.3 meters or 762 feet and an average depth of 75.9 meters or 249 feet. That's extremely deep. (laughs) I know it's kind of shocking. I, I had no idea. I mean, thanks Wikipedia. I really meant it when I posted on my Facebook page that I went to college at Wikipedia. Mm. I really did. (laughs) Um, Also, fun fact, Okanagan Lake has frozen over during eight winters in the last 110 years. Huh. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing? That's what it says, frozen over. Well, I still wouldn't quite trust to walk out on it. No, me neither. It, um... I don't know what the actual climate term is here, but it is tropical or subtropical. Definitely not tropical. No. It's very warm for, for especially for yeah, Canada and the region of Canada, which we live in, which is why it is our vacation destination. <laughs> yep. It's like a little pocket of California in the middle of Canada, it feels like. But they actually have water here. So, yeah. Oh, um, do you know any idea how the Okan- um, the Ogopogo got its name? I do not. All I know is that it's Big Cat. Cat? Yeah. What? The Ogopogo? It's not a cat. Well, have you ever seen it? Well, I've seen a lot of pictures of it now that I did the research for this. And how big are its whiskers? <laughs> One of them is actually a picture of it, supposedly its head, sorry, allegedly its head, like, popping out of the water, so maybe you could zoom in on it and see if it has whiskers. All right. It's not very cat-like looking, though. The Ogopogo is a large serpent, I guess? Or is it a dragon? It's the, it's an Ogopogo. Mm Mm-hmm. It's serpent or dragon-like. It's a sea monster. It's a sea monster. Picture a sea monster, and as long as you're not, like, thinking of something from the the Black Lagoon or the Kraken, you're probably got the right idea in your mind. 
folks. I was about to tell you how it got its name. According to canon, the creature received its name on a night in 1924 when the strains of an English music hall song were first heard in the city of Vernon, British Columbia. That's where we are right now, everybody. Orkin cites the following lines from the song. His mother was an earwig. His father was a whale. Little bit of head and hardly any tail. Ogopogo was his name. (laughs) Wow. I would have thought that the name had something to do with the lake, but I'm wrong. Somebody just made it up. Some musician in 1924. There's not even anyone specific to attribute it to. Elvis, probably. So what do you think would happen to you if you cross the Ogopogo? Grant's a wish. Oh. Yeah. What kind of wish? Just anything. Anything you want? Well, it kind of of looks like the big uh, dragon from Dragon Ball Z. Does that dragon grant wishes? Yeah. Well, you have to collect all the Dragon Balls, and then you summon the dragon. Okay. And then you can do a wish. I see. They usually just do it to, like, wish each other back from the dead, because they're just constantly getting murked in that show. (laughs) What actually happens if you cross the Ogopogo? Well, local lore claims that Sir John Lampton killed a worm, that's with a Y, worm, from Mm -hmm. the lake, which resulted in all of his descendants coming under a witch's curse, which would not allow any Lampton to die in bed. Good. Of all the curses. Sorry, what was his full name? Sir John Lampton. But it's just future Lamptons. Like every, yeah, all future Lamptons. Not future Johns. No. Okay, good. (laughs) That's not like the worst curse that could happen. I don't know. That's... Could be worse, I think. No, yeah. As curses go, for sure. Right? I've seen Thinner. Thinner? It's a Stephen King... Well, it's a Stephen King book, and then they made a movie about it, about like... A Romani woman curses this fat guy to get thinner, mm. but then he just like keeps getting thinner until he dies. Spoiler just alert! A toothpick. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I yeah. have a full chronological list of sightings. Hold on. Do yeah. Go back to eight thirty on the recording and don't listen to that if you are planning to read thinner. Spoilers. What year was that written? Like eighty something, probably. Okay. The first sighting recorded was in 1873. This, Sorry, this is not the first sighting, of course. It's the first sighting by a Caucasian person. Mm. That one was in 1873. Her name was Mrs. Susan Allison. She was a pioneer. So, wait, what was the the name of the worm before Ogopogo, then? Oh, just wait, we'll get to that. (laughs) That's the fun surprise for the end. Uh Uh-oh, now I feel like I talked it up too much. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Susan Allison lived on her ranch in uh, Sunnyside, which is now the location of the Quails Gate Winery in West Kelowna. Mrs. Allison was very specific in her description of seeing a snake-like creature which closely mirrored the often-repeated local... Oops, I almost spoiled my own thing. (laughs) Tra-la-la, she saw a spooky water monster, basically. 1926, occupants of about 30 cars along an Okanagan Mission Beach reported seeing Ogopogo. That's 30 a substantial amount of people. People. Yeah. yeah. In 1926. But then also, it's like they're, I don't know, one person who heard about Ogopogo was like, oh my god, I saw something, and then stopped their car. You know what I'm saying? Like when there's a bear on the road and then right. everyone stops. I feel like it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, if you see Ogopogo, do not stop. Do not feed it. Um, when they get too close to land and they get too dependent on humans, like it's not good for for the Ogopogo ecology. And if you see an Ogopup, do not approach it. Because <laughs> the Ogopogo mama is probably right around the bend. Is Ogopup is an actual term? It's a term. No, it's a term that like the legend chasers or whatever they call themselves use for baby ogopogos nice i think it's ogopogai in in plural nope (laughs) (laughs) i was just staring at him guys and he got scared just just staring at two flaming holes in my skull (laughs) 
1947, a number of boaters all saw the creature at the same time. One of the witnesses, Mrs. Cray, sorry, pardon me, Mr. Cray, gave a detailed description. He said it had a long, sinuous body, 30 feet in length, consisting of about five undulations, apparently separated from each other by about a two-foot space, in which that part of the undulation would have been underwater. He's very specific. There appeared to be a forked tail of which only one half came above the water. From time to time, the whole thing submerged and came up again. So like a snake, if you turn it sideways, I guess, basically, but with a forked tail. Oh, okay, yeah. Sounds pretty metal. It does. Oh, this is long. 1959, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. R.H. Miller and Mr. and Mrs. Pat Martin. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, I am grateful to ogopogoquest.com for giving me this very <laughs> clear um, timeline of sightings. But I really, I know this isn't their fault. I'm sure this was how it was recorded in 1959. But I really don't like that it's Mr. and Mrs. The Name of the Man. And Mr. and Mrs. The Name of the Other Man. <laughs> like, what's the woman's first name? She doesn't even get to have a name. She's just Mrs. Pat Martin. Unless her name's also Pat. Pat and Pat? Mm-hmm. Patty Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine being married to someone that had the same name as you? Yeah. Just I was named Maddie. <gasps> oh my god, I've known a guy named Maddie before. Oh, Matt, yeah. his name oh, was Matt, yeah. and he went by Maddie. Right, yeah. So that's, yuck. Possible. Pussy so good, I say my own name during sex. (laughs) (laughs) Cardi. Maybe she's just fucking a guy named Cardi. Anyways, Mr. and Mrs. Pat Martin saw a, quote, tremendous creature with a snake-like head and a blunt nose swimming some 250 feet behind their motorboat, unquote. The group watched the unknown animal for over three minutes, after which it submerged. does make you wish they had, you know, Cell phone technology or just a camera or anything. We're going to get into that pretty soon here. Okay. Yeah. 1964, a Parmenter family member took a photo of what they saw in the lake. Oh. <clears throat> 1964, that's the first photo. Is the, is it linked there? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. This photo is from 1981, but there okay. is this is the first photo on the site. That's Okay. It's like it's a something. little it's, wave. Yeah. It's like white caps, basically. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the lake is just white capping, but only in one little spot. And the rest of the lake is pretty calm. So that does look a Which, bit weird. Which, I mean, yeah. Why, yeah. why was it white capping? Right? Um, okay. I'm not going to read the rest of the historical sightings because they don't have photos and there's like a lot and they're just the same thing over and over again. Are there no more photos? Oh, there are as more, we, yeah. As we travel through. Okay, so we have 64, 1964, which I just said that was the first year where someone got a photo. Then there was another year, the year is unknown, but it was after that, where uh, the BC Premier saw the creature in 1976, Ed Fletcher that's of North Vancouver. Just a, that's an election technique. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. Oh, <laughs> the Premier happened to see it? <laughs> it was like, pop! I'm not voting it, for you. Sploosh. <laughs> I was going the other way. It was like, yeah, he popped out of the water. And he, he endorsed said, me. I endorse, he endorsed yeah. me. <laughs> that is probably like a surefire way to get elected to municipal office. I, I kind of like that. it, actually. <laughs> 1978. Just gathering up the endorsements of various local cryptids. <laughs> the New Jersey Devil. Hmm. I wonder if other people have done that. Yeah. It's a good idea. Uh, yes, they have. Do we have a Calgary cryptid? Um, look forward to a future episode to find out. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the timeline here. 1978, Bill Stesiak, um was crossing a bridge. Blah, blah, blah. He says 20 people or so saw what appeared to be a head with three black humps behind it, 60 meters away, protruding out of the water. 1978, 1979, and 1981, photos taken by Arlene Gall. And then 1981, the photo I showed you, where we said it looks like just a weird wave, kind of. She says, suddenly a creature surfaced directly in front of us, facing a northerly direction. We saw no head, just a body. My thoughts being that the head might be lying flat just below the surface. It's a weird way for an animal to hang out. Mm. Like its butt sticking out, but its head under the water. Mm. It's not impossible. No, 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 no. Tanning its back. (gasps) Sunning its taint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? That's like a thing people are doing now. 
What? Isn't it? Or maybe it's sunning your vagina. Oh, Something okay, like yeah. that, right? Isn't yeah, it? and yeah, it's like... <laughs> like, I think it's the asshole, though. Oh. Like, I think you spread and then... <laughs> Get that vitamin D suppository. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> you're butt-chugging sunlight. <laughs> butt-chugging sunlight would be a fucking great name for a surf rock album. <laughs> If we're giving that one out free to yeah, please. any surf <laughs> Your only thing you have to do is send us a copy of the album. Yeah. Okay. 1984. Another photo was taken. 1986. Sighting was reported. Oh, they're specific here. This sighting was reported directly to OgopogoQuest.com. Mm. I don't know. A lot of these are, like, very specific and very evocative and it's like really funny like they're long this is like a long letter about how nice of a night it was like they say since it was dusk and the stars were beginning to be visible we began to head toward the dog beach at ellison it was a warm night the lake was smooth as glass and it was a very quiet evening with no motorboats <laughs> that's a like it's very we're that's literally <clears throat> where we are right now what is like we're that we're in that part of the lake. Because oh Allison is just too much. Oh, minutes yeah. To come around. <laughs> ah, we'll go, we'll go. Okay. The first thing I noticed was the strong, we're, fishy we're smell. We're ourselves way too much on this episode. What do you mean? We're just giving away information about our specific location. <gasps> we could be anywhere. You don't know. Yeah. We could, we could <laughs> go into the lake and go through the underwater fjords. Exactly. Goodbye. Yeah. The last thing you'll see is the undulation of my tail coming out of the water. <laughs> what was the song? Hold on. A little bit of head and hardly any tail? Is that going to be you? I feel like that doesn't describe it very well. Yeah. Like from like everything, tail. it's all tail. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oops, all tail. <laughs> 1989, a hunting guide named Ernie Garreau and his wife saw what they described to be a bizarre animal emerging from placid waters. Everyone seems to describe it coming up like when the lake is really still. So maybe that's the only time you can see Ogopogo is if the lake is like perfectly still. It's been pretty windy. 1987 to 1990, John Kirk had frequent sightings over a period of three years. John Kirk was just lonely and he wanted someone to talk to him. Mm. He's like, I saw Ogopogo, I swear. The first time he said, I saw Ogopogo, people like suddenly wanted to talk to him. And then he was like, guys, I saw Ogopogo again. I feel like, yeah, especially as we're getting into, like, the internet age, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, yeah, uh, let me tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. Read my fan fiction about it. (laughs) 2000, a Penticton Penticton businessman and his wife, I should have warmed up a little bit before this, watched the head and neck of a large creature swimming through the water for several minutes while boating off Rattlesnake Island near Peachland. That's another specific location where a lot of people report having seen Ogopogo. Mm. It's Rattlesnake Island, a.k.a. Monster Island, oh. because of how many Ogopogo sightings there are near it. Are there rattlesnakes on it? Maybe. They have rattlesnakes in this area. Because I feel like rattlesnakes probably taking out more people than, than Ogopogo. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ogopogos have yeah. killed anyone that I have found. That we know of, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suck them down. <laughs> I imagine Ogopogo, if it's going to, like, eat a person, it would it would suck them down the way you would suck down, like, a jello cup, <laughs> a pudding cup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Another one in 2000. It looks like a few people started seeing Ogopogo in the year, two, the millennium. There's four from 2000. The Penticton. Uh-huh. Why the fuck can't I say that? Penticton. <laughs> I used to live there. Yeah. A Penticton businessman, and then also um, six adults, including four security guards. <laughs> so you know they're not making <laughs> shit up. I don't know. At Bernard Avenue, saw a four-meter-long creature with four flippers <laughs> that thrust forward like a caterpillar. That's a quote. <clears throat> and then a minister and his wife were hiking. Uh, four security guards saw it, and they all later perished from friendly fire. 
and then also <clears throat> visitors from Prince George, British Columbia suddenly saw a disturbance in the lake approximately 300 feet out. How do you know what it is if it's 300 feet out? Oh my god, there's more from 2000. This is my favorite one, actually. I'm going to post this art on the thing because okay. it's the best. Are you going to describe <clears throat> it to me and then show me? or just... Yes. Okay. I'm going to read the whole thing and All then right. I'll... Yeah. Fantastic. A marathon swimmer, Daryl Ellis, reported being accompanied for a short distance during his swim by two large creatures as he passed Rattlesnake Island. Uh-huh. Yeah, this could happen to you, John Fish Fowler. <laughs> He described them as one being six to nine meters long and the second being smaller. They followed him for quite a while and then disappeared. When he swam near the Okanagan Lake floating bridge in Kelowna, a creature with a large eye the size of a grapefruit came within nine meters to get a close look at him. Mr. Ellis's sighting was painted by a local artist with police sketch artist training. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like this already. <laughs> thing about it is yep. like <laughs> we're creating a police sketch of a fucking Ogopogo. <laughs> Have you seen this fish? <laughs> yep. Okay, so it does just literally look like a little head with an eyeball poking out of a lake. And it's yeah, I don't know. Here, I'm just going to show you, okay? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. It's pretty cute. Mm. It just looks like it's the corner of its like little head, you know? Like, you can't a... actually see its whole head. All you can see is the eye. It's it's funny that they that they <clears> specified, <throat> oh yeah, he had police sketch training, because that doesn't look like a police sketch. I know, it doesn't. It's just someone like, oh, had a nice glass of wine and was sitting by the lake and then painted it and... I throw a little monster in the corner. <laughs> Happy little monster. <laughs> oh, the monster needs a friend. Mm. In the story, he even had a friend. It's true. He yeah. had an ogopop. Um, ogopopup? That's a... That dude is a marathon swimmer, though. Yeah. Like he... Sorry, peach line to Kelowna? Um, it doesn't say where he started. Well... Oh, but yeah, it does, actually, I guess, because it said Rattlesnake Island, which is near Peachland, they already said, and then um, under the bridge in Kelowna is when it winked at him. (laughs) It was like, hey, buddy, you're a pretty good swimmer. Yeah. But yeah, that's a very far swim. It was like, what is this? Is this a fish? It looks like a human. I'm so confused. That's why why Ogopogo was like, what are you? (laughs) It was like looking right at him. So, if you want to swim with it, just, just keep swimming. Just go very, very far, and then eventually you'll either see it, or the fatigue will get to you, and you'll think you saw it. Yeah, you'll hallucinate it. Hmm. Okay, one last sighting from 2000, from James Ivany. And he writes this long description of his sighting as well, like many people have, but mostly he's just describing a date that he went on. <laughs> <laughs> with Ogopogo? No. A g- well, maybe. It could be a girl Ogopogo. He doesn't say her name or anything. Mm. A girl and I were sitting on the beach talking all night long. At around 5.30 a.m., soon after daybreak, I left the beach to use the public restroom. <laughs> okay, James, too much information. <laughs> As I was returning to the beach, I looked out toward Rattlesnake Island again and saw what looked like a submarine surfacing. The girl to whom I had been talking also saw it as well and was pointing towards it. Also, I love the fact that he's describing this date that he went on where he didn't get any tail. Not a little right, bit of head, yeah. not a little bit of tail. <laughs> he got neither of those. Well, he saw Ogopogo, so real he got chatty some Kathy. tail. Or head. What right. Does it say? Yeah. What okay. did it say? <laughs> um, it said it looked like a submarine surfacing, so I guess that's not really specific. Okay, mm. got some more pictures here now. Dan Basaraba of Peachland saw the phenomena twice and took photos both times, 2001 and 2002. Have a look. What does that look like to you? It looks remarkably similar to the one we looked at earlier. I will say in the bottom one here, the lake does look pretty still. So maybe. It also kind of just looks like driftwood, though. Mm, yeah, it does. Just look like little logs floating. Mm. 2002, while filming a documentary on Ogopogo, a film crew consisting of 14 people 
all saw what looked like two or three humps undulating in and out of the water. As if, you guys. You just so happen to make a documentary about Ogopogo and then you see Ogopogo? Come on. Come on. In 2003, a child saw Ogopogo around 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon in August. He even reported that their boat was rocked when the creature swam by them so fast and created like a wave in the lake that actually rocked the boat. He says that his grandparents were pretty freaked out, so they drove off. But then what seemed like two creatures started to follow them and actually bumped into the boat. After a few moments, the creatures just left and the lake was still. Hmm. What kind of creature could that be that would like almost knock over your boat? Doesn't sound like my friend Ogopogo. Why? Well, in all of the previous sightings, he's been innocuous or even like benevolent. Accompanying that guy on the swim. But it could have been that it wasn't intending to knock over the boat, and it just is, like, really big and fast at swimming, so it... I guess, yeah. Unintentionally hmm. spooked everybody. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah, but nothing nothing that science is aware of that could have knocked the boat over that, you know, lives in this lake. There are a lot of these. What? sightings Mm. like they do start increasing very exponentially after the internet age right august 5th 2003 september 2003 november 11th 2003 august 9th 2004 john casoro took a video of his alleged encounter with ogopogo and he has allowed the legend hunters to reproduce stills created from his video footage here on the website what you want to see them why don't I just post the video? Right, I don't know. Let's go. Um, again, it it's kind of just like quite large waves on an otherwise still lake, so unusual for sure, but not the uh, the big like arcing undulations as first described. Then there's one from June twenty seventh, two thousand six, September seventh, two thousand six, and then March. 2014. This one's hilarious. This one has a photo. Jeff Cottom from Ontario sent this photo. Says. Is that a Pokemon ass name? Jeff Cotton? Oh, I thought you said Cottom. Oh, Cottom. Yeah, sorry. It is Cottom with an M. Yeah. Got a Cottom all. Okay. I'm not going to read his whole thing because, again, it's like five paragraphs long. I'm just going to show you the picture. Ready? (laughs) The uh, fucking geese are yeah. just like do do do. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. This one about it. that is the most unusual one though, because it doesn't like if you actually look at the waves next to it, like a wave should not be that short. Mm, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do think it's really funny that it's like supposedly a sea monster, and then right beside it are just two geese that could not give fewer fucks. I guess Ogopogo doesn't eat geese, yeah. (laughs) He doesn't like poultry. No. He just gets his energy from butt-chugging. Butt-chugging sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what this episode is going to be called? (laughs) No. I won't name the episode that, but that is what I'm going to write in the tweet when I share it on Twitter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've got another photo for you. And this, for some reason, is like considered widely to be the most important photo of Ogopogo and I think it's just because it was taken by the guy who's the most obsessed with it which is Bill Stesiak he's like dedicated his entire life calls like, himself the legend hunter and he's been like chasing Ogopogo forever so I feel like the, that's the reason is why this, his photos are is that like is this his full-time gig I don't know he's retired so probably okay. yeah uh. you can scroll down <laughs> okay I oh, oh all right actually the last one what is that <laughs> doesn't it look uh, kind of similar to the police sketch drawing painting yes actually Ogopogo? yes it does <laughs> this may not actually be we kind of need to I guess we'll I have been describing the them yeah we will post them this one is just the head sticking out 
Just well, the tip. Just the tip, yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like a weird thing sticking out of the water. Like, it doesn't look like an animal to me. It just looks like a... Well, we don't know that Ogopogo is an animal. What do you mean? Like, it could be an alien. He could be... Like, he doesn't need to be a carbon-based terrestrial <laughs> creature. I just rolled my eyes so yeah. hard that I got an eyelash in my eye. Yeah. Ouch. That's what I get for being sarcastic. It looks like kind of... um. It looks like the side mirror of a car, just the mirror sticking out of the water. Mm. Like that's the shape it is, don't you think? So you think it's Ogopogo's side mirror? I No, I'm just saying it doesn't look like an animal, but it's supposedly Ogopogo's head. Right. <clears throat> Everyone has to go look at our Instagram and stuff, because I'm going to post these pictures, and they're, I don't know. <laughs> you can make your own decisions about what you think about the pictures. You can comment and tell me. You can say, Madeline, shut your mouth. That's definitely a picture of Ogopogo's face. Or, yeah, that doesn't look like shit. Looks like some kind of weird garbage sticking out of the lake. And everyone's like, oh my god, it's Ogopogo. Right, but like, as I was saying, like we don't need to accept the parameters of what is an Earth creature for, for Ogopogo. This picture is creepy. It almost looks like a swimming slender man or something. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Right? It's kind of spooky. I like it, yeah. And then look at the bigger picture from, like, above. Yeah, so in this one, there's there's something in the water. Casting, like, a pretty gnarly wake. Like, yeah. Wait, what? Sorry, this is from a Google Street View? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> huh. I mean, it is quite blurry. It is probably just like a, I don't know, like a jet ski. Mm, yeah, I suppose that's right. But it looks like it has, like, two really long, weird legs trailing behind and two arms in front, like, <laughs> okay. like it's swimming. Right. I don't know. Like, if it was in the middle of the double front stroke, what's that called? John the Fish Baller? Breaststroke? Breaststroke. Like, yeah. if it was in the, like, the starting part of the breaststroke where the hands are in front, mm. that's what it looks like it's doing. Right. Well, okay, but... For Ogo Pogo to be like casting a wake like that, he would have to be swimming like with his head out of the water. Right. We didn't see his cute little friendly grapefruit-sized eyeball yeah. in that picture. Yeah. Well, that's all the pictures I have. Okay. That's it. That's the end of the sightings. Alright. However, okay, so I have some possible debunkings of what the photos that you just saw are. So why don't you try and, like, tell me what you think it could be besides Ogopogo before I tell you what they are. Like, what could be... What, what people are seeing when they think they're seeing Ogopogo. What explains the pictures and the sightings? I would say driftwood or birds or, like, underwater activity that causes a disturbance. Mmm, you're a clever man. Is that... Are those the... Well, there's one that you missed, which I literally got into a friendly argument with Cam about this this morning at like 8 o'clock this morning. (laughs) But the most common... uh, Future friend of the podcast, Cam. Yeah, the one who's going to talk about comic book witches. Mm -hmm. We're all... uh, There's a bunch of us here at this Ogopago adjacent house right now, including him. Bunch bunch of cryptid hunters. Legend hunters. Yeah. Ogopogo fisher people. Okay. Otters often swim in a row and their motion can be mistaken for one continuous serpent. Okay. Because you know how otters swim where they're like Uh, up, down, up, down, up, down. You know what I mean? I love it. (laughs) You love it? Yeah. It's pretty cute, right? I also picture them, like, doing it on purpose. Like, Yeah, exactly. Like, no, it's it's not Ogopogo. It's just seven otters in an Ogopogo suit. <laughs> yeah, they're wearing one big trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine them going right beside a boat and, like, doing their little bloop, 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 serpent, mm. serpentine swimming. Yeah. And then going under the water and going in a little circle with their hands up beside their mouth and going, like, we got them. We tricked those humans. Also, this is the first thing I thought was, we talked about this animal previously, 
sturgeon are often mistaken as lake monsters, but their existence in the Okanagan is unconfirmed. It's a big fish. Big ass fish. Okay. We talked about it on the Lignasad episode because it was a sturgeon moon. Right. There is currently an unclaimed $10,000 reward for concrete evidence of sturgeon in Okanagan water sprouts, but in, in the Okanagan, sorry. Okay. It's interesting. I feel like might have just not been listening, right? But it sounded like most of those sightings were right around, like, the fall. Right. So it sounded like a lot, like, September through November. There were a lot of them in August and September. Yeah. Yeah. So that it would ha- be happening around the sturgeon moon does. But there's an unclaimed $10,000 reward for proof of sturgeon in the Okanagan. I, what's the reward for proof of Ogopogo? <laughs> I don't know. Because it seems like the move is to prove the Ogopogo, I think. But right. If it's sturgeon, you just. They give you 10 grand. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, the, mon- like, the lake monster should be the bigger reward. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see anywhere anyone posting a reward for that. Contact the sturgeon people. <gasps> I did see a thing that said that Greenpeace got involved and said that you cannot capture the creature, that you must only film and document it, or else Greenpeace is going to get on you. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, I tend to agree. Like Protect the Ogopogo. It's not a yes. real thing. That's why it's funny to well, me. Well, hold on. <laughs> I mean... We're, we've not established that it's okay. not real. Like... You're saying possible debunkings. Right. And the driftwood, you, I agree with you. I think a lot of them could be driftwood. Mm. And the thing that you said about a water-based phenomena is mm. very interesting. Who do you think were actually the first people to discuss, witness, etc. Ogopogo? The First Nations of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well. I'm not going to be able to pronounce these, but I wrote them down. Should I try? Do you want to try? I can try, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> John just looked at it and made a face like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. These are the, the bands from here. Setupemic and Sayoks natives um, regard the Ogopogo, which called the Naitaka, as an evil supernatural entity with great power and ill attend, intent. The word Nahayetik has various translations, such as water demon, water god, or sacred creature in the water. In native lore, Naitaka demanded a live sacrifice for safe crossing of the lake. Yeah, you still want to paddleboard across the lake? <laughs> you need to sacrifice an animal in order to make it safely across, or else Naitaka is going to get you. I... what is it like? What is Naitaka like? Yeah. Well, oh, just, you just sacrifice. described it. Yeah. Oh, like what type of thing does it want? You mean? Mm. It said that native people would sacrifice small animals to him. Mm. Right. Whatever. Oral traditions often describe visiting Chief Tim Basket, who rejected the required sacrifice, refuting the ev- existence of the demon. Upon entering the lake on a canoe with his family, Naitaka whipped up the surface of the lake with his long tail, and the canoe and its occupants were sucked to the bottom of the lake. Kind of fucked up. Yeah, I don't want to go that way. Yeah, right? Mm. Sucked into the... That's what I meant earlier when I said it's like eating a like a Jello cup. <laughs> just suck you down. Mm. Like a pudding. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a pudding. Floating across that lake. No sacrifice. Right. I, I don't... Uh, Goodbye. Um, a dis- what if I bring in like a, like a, a vegetable that's alive? You have to bring it like... Bring a, a potted a plant... Oh, okay. It, to the edge of the lake and then, like, grab onto it and chop the stem from oh the God. plant and, like, Survival. throw it into the lake. Mm. It's a sacrifice. Right. Yeesh. I got a pot in plant. There's... Yeah, that's because it's supposed to be alive and then you kill it and give it to the demon. Okay, but there's live plants near the lake. You don't have to bring a separate potted plant. Well, I thought you had to, like, kill it at the lake. Like, I don't know. If you are a high tech. Please contact the show and clarify the live sacrifice policy. The otters are like, fish only, please. (laughs) Some kind of clam I can slam on my belly. Yeah. Some type of, yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
shellfish. If you could pr- also provide the cracking open rock, that would be super helpful. <laughs> uh, just a bunch of <laughs> malevolent otters sucking a canoe down. To- <laughs> Got them. Yeah, just eat, like eating people. Well, have you seen the river otters in the Amazon? They're, oh like, yeah, horrifying. Yeah. I read an account when I was looking into this of a lady whose lab, 80-pound lab cross, was attacked by four river otters in oh the Okanagan Lake. It's gang shit. Right? So <laughs> it's like, I don't know, maybe it is otters. <laughs> I was convinced after I read that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Hmm. Imagine how fucking confused you would be if that was your dog. You'd be like, yeah. What is happening? <laughs> all these jacked otters. otters rolling up on it. Right? You're a full dog, not a fish dog. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> poor lab yeah okay so the explanation for the um the story like the way that the native americans understood this creature it's so much more cool than all these grainy far away cell phone pictures of it Mm. water spouts this is going back to your comment about it being like a wet water or like weather-based phenomena Water spouts are fairly common on Okanagan Lake, often forming when air temperatures drop and the lake still has a relatively warm water temperature. Another way to describe what that actually is, is that it's literally just a non-supercell tornado Hmm. that forms over water. Yeah. I have a picture of it. That is very cool. That is the best picture of what we see. It looks so sweet, right? Yeah. And that looks like a water spirit for sure. Oh, definitely. Like yeah. if you were on your canoe going across the lake and you saw that, you'd be like, oh shit, the fucking water spirits are coming for me. That's a. I would piss myself. Um, <laughs> it's like as scary as an orca almost. That is a, a big um, focus of, of like studies right now is broadly called indigenous ways of knowing which it's particularly big in like latin america when they're trying to kind of fix some of the colonial damage that was done that was that like fucked up those ecosystems is to say like okay we have scientific data that goes back maybe a hundred years since post-colonialism but also with constant recorded study but then also we have you know centuries or millennia of local folklore or like literally oral history and so like recovering all that is very very important to mm-hmm. study these ecosystems because it's yeah, absolutely such a larger data set it's just kind of more difficult to penetrate because kind of fucked it all up yeah but. yeah i think that there i can't even think of something that i could list that has more value mm-hmm. than that type of work Absolutely. There was a a woman. Oh, okay. There was a fella we met at a party recently who started listening to our podcast and specifically said that he thought his girlfriend would like to listen to it. Let me get her name here. And then he asked me if he could give her my contact info um, because she was interested in getting involved with witchcraft but didn't know how to start. Kayla, that's her name. Okay. And... Hello, Kayla. Hello, Kayla. (laughs) And so what I told her, I'm going to tell everyone listening right now, same thing. My first recommendation is always to go outside, be quiet, and just listen. Take a journal with you to record any impressions you get, which is a more like genuine sounding version of the same shit I always say, which is why don't you just go outside and talk to a tree Mm -hmm. or sit under it. Yeah. You know, why not just strike up a conversation with a, with a flower? What's wrong with that? You might learn about yourself. You might learn about flowers. You might just feel like a dumbass. And if you do, it's probably not your path. <laughs> and then I said, there is a lot of ancient knowledge you can uncover through vigorous study, but it's never a substitute for the wisdom of nature itself. Like it. And then I did say, my second recommendation is to read a lot of books, however. Hmm. But, of course, you don't need to take every word you read at face value. Critical thinking is key part of being a witch. That's one of the things about the whole community that kind of has always irked me a little bit is I've already talked about the way that everyone's, like, my 
knowledge about ancient ways is more perfect than yours is. Right. But then also the other side of that is when people are like, don't read that book. It's Mm. not the right book or whatever. And it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with reading it. You don't have to take every single word in the pages as like the God's truth, Mm. the goddess's truth, (laughs) you know, like you can still read it with a critical eye and, I don't know. I just, mm. like, find that annoying when people are, say, like, oh, this book is garbage. Don't ever read it. It's like, well, if that's the book that they picked up, there's probably something in there for them. Well, yeah, it's all kind of just, I guess it's, it's an additive process. It's not... Yeah. It's not like you ever lose something by reading a book. Exactly. And that's why the one of the traditional, like, Wiccan dedications is that you have to spend a year and a day studying before you get initiated. Mm. It's the point of like getting yourself an appreciation for what you're getting involved with because it's no joke. It's powerful. Manifestation, ritual, archetypes, these are powerful forces. So it is important to have respect for them mm-hmm. when you're going to start dabbling with that. Well, hopefully not dabbling, right? Yeah. It's like in Jurassic Park when Jeff Goldblum <laughs> says, the problem is that the knowledge you have, it didn't take any discipline to attain it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses and you discovered something. And now as soon as, before you even know what you had, you want to package it and you're selling it. You're selling right. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people do with witchcraft. They're like, mm. oh, I read one book or I like went on Facebook and asked one person, how do I be a witch? And then now I'm like, great. Now I'm going to do spells on all of my enemies yeah. <laughs> and friends and stuff and you're just like no i'm like what stop you're gonna create jurassic park yeah karmic jurassic park it's a good movie can you do a raptor noise well i've never met a raptor what about a t-rex <laughs> i feel like in the movie the raptor noise is like almost a bird noise it's like a bird crossed with a dog i mean it's like a, a raptor noise <laughs> Every time I tried to say something, <laughs> got barked at. But it, when they're like in the kitchen and the raptors making noise, like well, like a noise. raptor is is a bird. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like a hawk, yeah, or an eagle. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that there's oh, fuck? I forget what type of owl it is now, but there's a type of owl that has a cry that is so like high pitched and terrifying that it actually freezes rodents oh yeah tracks. yeah like, what a badass evolution that mm-hmm. is that's literally like a power attack in a video game <laughs> but it's just yeah. an owl's actual life I like it. right pretty awesome would you want to be an owl uh, yeah i'm usually up all night anyway so that's <laughs> true yeah. and then you can turn your head all the way around mm-hmm. and you could hide in a tree by just like standing next to it anything else to say about Okapogo? yes Okay, here are my closing thoughts on Ogopoko. Well, I've got something else too, but it's very stupid, so... <laughs> do you want me to go first? Or... I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So last night, actually, we went down to the dock, mm. and we're at, we're not in the town of Vernon. We're, like, outside of it. So okay. it's not a lot of light pollution, and it was very late at night and very clear. And so we went down there, and we're looking at the stars, and you could see... So many more stars than I've seen in a long time. Like, to the point where you can actually almost see the the haze of the glow from, like, the Milky Way. I mean, I could see it, but I've got much better vision than you. Okay, shut up, owl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it froze you, didn't it? It did. It was effective. Yeah, but so, look, staring into that darkness, it's... The essence of mystery and of, like, shadow and of the unknown. And those are the things that I like about the legend of Ogopogo. Okanagan Lake and the attached lakes are so large and so deep that it actually is almost like parts of the ocean, where there are Mm. parts of the Okanagan Lake where they don't actually know how deep it is because... They just, no one's bothered to check. And it's so deep that it's like, takes a lot of effort to actually find out how far down it is. Mm. 
And so I like the idea of like entertaining the possibility of there being a creature <laughs> that, you know, lives there and commutes between one lake to the next yeah. <laughs> via underground tunnels. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I always like the idea of there being un, uh, unidentified species. Again, obviously, we just watched Jurassic Park. But going back to that, the main guy there with the little staff with the amber on it. Uh, the guy whose park it is. Mr. Oldman. Sure. He says, um, how can you possibly stand in the light of discovery and not want to act? And again, my boy, Jeff Goldblum, comes in with... Discovery do, do it in is, his voice. I don't, can't do it. In, okay. Discovery is a violent, penetrative act. <laughs> what? You made me do that impression. Yeah. I like it. But it is. Mm. Like, leave the Ogopogo alone. You know? No paparazzi. Leave Ogopogo alone. <laughs> <laughs> Clap emoji. Yeah. Liberal clap. Ogopogo. <laughs> Just making the crying Britney video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do that every episode now, apparently. Because <laughs> it's cryptids. And I'm always like, leave the cryptids alone. Just yeah. let them live their crypt- cryptid lives. Okay. I shouldn't talk about my thing now, then. Well, you have to. You okay. already brought it up. So... I can't remember if I've ever, like, shown you this, or... It was just, like, it's, like, dumb internet bullshit. But there's basically, like, a series of erotic fictional novels on just, like, Amazon that are, like, women hooking up with various cryptids. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> one of, one of the, the favorite ones that... We'll also post this, maybe. One of the favorite ones that I always remember... When, just like I'll think of and start laughing is called hedging his bets, which is about a woman hooking up with a were hedgehog. And I'll show you the cover art. Oh my goodness. Wait, it's yeah. No, like it's a hunky dude. And then okay, also over a hedgehog. The, yeah. It's like a guy. Okay. It's weirdly cropped too, because it's only from like the bottom of his nose down yeah. from the face. Like, that's the top. Well, it's like half of the one nose. One of his faces. His, his other face is fully. Okay. I'm going to get to it. <laughs> Calm down. John's really excited about this yeah. book. So it's um, an image of a half of a lower half of a man's face. And then he's wearing a leather vest, which is open, showing his impressive pecs and abs. And then over his right shoulder is a little cute hedgehog face. It is a very cute hedgehog. Well, it ought to be. It's on the cover of a romance novel. Right. (laughs) A paranormal romance, hedging his bets. USA Today best-selling authors. Oh, my God. Why am I not a best-selling author? Celia Kyle wrote a book about a were-hedgehog sex story, and I... Okay. So, to my point, in, you know, two minutes of searching, I have not been able to find Ogopogo erotic fiction. I am not going to write that. Okay, well, (laughs) that's the episode. Uh, Sister Luna says... Don't have sex with Ogopogo. <laughs> I know. To, to reiterate, leave the cryptids alone. Leave the cryptids alone. Do not... Don't even write erotic fiction about them. Yeah, just make, yeah don't try to take pictures they of them. Yeah. Just accept that and enjoy the mystery, the possibility of Ogopogo. Cryptids cannot consent. I'm butt-chugging sunshine. Whoa! <laughs> I'm butt-chugging sunshine, whoa, and don't it feel good?